Welcome to the Morning After Podcast, a Freedom Center Church podcast. All right, well, welcome to another episode of Morning After Podcast. Pastor Josh here with you as always. Um, for those of you that this is your first time listening because of the business meeting last night, welcome. We're glad that you're here yeah. listening. Uh, with us as always or most of the time is Pastor Jim. Pastor Jim, how are you doing this Good morning? Good morning, cyber world. You f- you seem today like there's just been a huge weight off of your shoulders compared to, <laughs> compared to last night. I think yeah. your favorite morning of the entire year is the morning after the business meeting when yeah. you know you have 364 days until you have to do yeah, that I, again. And it's funny. I had one bad experience uh, mm-hmm. years and, I mean, decades, literally decades ago. Personally, I've seen a couple other bad business meetings. We don't have bad business meetings. No. We just haven't. But I, I think it's it's $2 million. It's not my forte. It's long columns sure. of numbers. Uh, Jeff, does, our administrator, doesn't really like to be in front of people. So I kind of step in and say, this is, you know, I, if there's a night in my life where I hope that I'm right and I might be faking my confidence. I'm not faking the information. Right. But I, I'm faking my confidence. That takes a lot out of you to do your imitation of somebody sure. else. So I, and knowing I'm that really if anybody concerned. has a question, they're going to ask you and you might not know the answer to that right. question. Right. And then you had to ask Jeff. and then Right. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, it's not just Jeff. It's somebody else. It's just. Yeah, I, it's not what I do. So right. whatever it is, you know, the listeners like that's the, this is what I do. Well, then do exactly the opposite of what you do and be in charge in front of hundreds of people. Sure. Now, now that's you know. So Robert's rules of order. My Robert's rules of order are just does it make sense? Let's do it that way. Well, you can. You've got to do it legally. There's got to right. be a record of it. There's got to you know. But right. again, great great meeting last night. Eleven presenters. Talked about a two million dollar budget coming and going. Brand new groundbreaking stuff and missions giving and center of hope and Clara's hope. Yeah, and hope of hope and hoping that we hope more <laughs> in the future. Uh, you know, unleash some some plans for the children's uh, renovation, the young adult barn. Yeah, I mean it was an exciting night. Right. And then also with us today, let's introduce him before we get too far in. Uh, Pastor JD, how are you doing this morning? Oh, Pastor Josh, I am doing amazing this morning. <laughs> yeah. I've been awake since uh, since five o'clock talking to students and uh, getting them all ready for prayer. Got to take a few of them out to breakfast afterwards because they were all homeschooled. And uh, <laughs> nice, yeah. And yeah. then there's uh, a large amount of our youth group that's homeschooled. I, a lot of our core kids are homeschooled. Girl, a lot of our yeah. yeah yeah a lot of our a lot of our not a lot of, probably about 50-50 when it comes to how many kids are students in school versus yeah. how many are students in uh, in homeschooling. Um, but as that's far as grown through the years, right? That, that was, oh, that no, was that's that entirely grown. Well, I, th- I think that that's just public school in general. I think a yeah. lot of less people are going to public schools yeah. than they used to. There's yeah. a lot more options out there for internet think, or charter yeah, schools. Right, right. or yeah. I think there's a options. lot of like Christian parents, too, who are afraid of sending their kids to public schools, and so they just completely take them out of public schools. We should yeah. fix that. We should make these kids missionaries that want to go to the public I know, schools. Right? I mean, we, you were you were you were like one of the only Christian oh, kids in yeah, the school. Oh, yeah, no, I, I in my graduating class, if you just like had me, there was basically me and three other kids who I right. think were like that lived faithfully, who lived faithfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, my wife and I do the junior senior D team, and we we celebrate the kids that are in public school, yeah. and we encourage them because they do have it harder. Like there's no, there's no way around yeah. it. I have a, a, a homeschool kid in my D team that wakes up at noon every day, does class for two hours and then plays video games. Wow. And then I have wow. kids that wake up at six in the morning to go to public school, yeah. 
deal with a lot of stuff in public schools. Sure. Like those kids are going through a much harder time, but I think they're going to be better for it in the long run. Yeah, I agree. Can get through it. When I was a youth pastor back in the dark ages, we used to say your, <laughs> your, your kid's either a missionary or a mission field, and it's okay that they're either one. You, yeah. You, you would know as a kid, you would know as a parent whether or not they're ready for public school. But you're going to say, man, he heard a bad word, so I'm pulling him out. It's like, oh, he's going to hear bad words when he joins the Marine Corps. That's You know what I mean? That's Oh, yeah. You know, right. or, the, or the shop or the college. And eventually – to, to raise your children to be good children is a real mistake in our day and age. You've got to yeah. raise them to be good adults, which means they have to be exposed yeah. to a, a different set of beliefs and worlds. And, you right. know, so anyway, we're off topic, cool. but that's, yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's okay. That's okay. So um, any, any other thoughts from the business meeting last night? I thought it was really cool. It's the second year that we've done kind of the let's recap 2018, but more yeah. importantly, let's, let's vision cast for 2019. I, I think the highlights to me were how many words Les Hathon can say in five minutes. It was minutes. impressive, wasn't it? Oh, two yeah. years in a row. Oh, that's it's it's almost like he's he's doing it to be well funny, not only that but, but like i feel like this happened last year too like pastor carl comes up after him and they couldn't be like any right yeah like pastor <laughs> carl said everything he needed to say very slowly in three and a half minutes yeah and yeah. then just kind of slowly walked off the stage two completely different techniques too of yeah. communicating pastor right. carl goes repeat these three numbers after me and, yeah and we've done that and really he focuses on one thing and that is sure you can tell which one's doing. the children's pastor, pastor and which Les one is the children's say, pastor Listen, yeah we reached three thousand people at this day but we did that and that summer spectacular you know and you're not joking <laughs> that's how fast he was literally talking. it, it yeah. sounds like it sounds like when you're listening to those books and you speed up the podcast you yeah. speed up the right. book it's it's yeah. the smart thing that he did was he slowed down whenever he started talking about the future yes. so he created two different paces yeah he, right yeah but if if pastoring never works if for some reason it doesn't work out for him he can definitely be an auctioneer no yeah. problem yep. he's yeah. got the gift yeah, without even trying it just right. you know telling you to yeah. how to buy a car would come out that fast no yeah. i think the cool thing that happened this year that i didn't i guess it didn't happen as much last year it was almost like um like the apple keynotes where it's like these are new things that we want to do in the future that would be yeah. really cool like here's the new children's wing that we want to do yeah. encounter here's a barn that we want to build just yeah. like really cool things that it's like a it's like a, an unveiling, like a time yeah. to unveil like these new and exciting things that we want to do that we've privately been talking about. But here's the first public unveiling of those. And things. even the hinting, you know, Dina saying, and and there's some things we can't talk about yet. Something, and literally, there's always something. I you right. look at last year's business meeting when we did the you know the the five minute presentations. It was a lot of we're starting from here. And this is where we hope to be next year. You yeah, know what I mean, you did that. Right. Pastor Carl did this. A new groups pastor. Um, you know, and and this year is like. Remember last year we said, you know, there's 16 percent, 13 percent involved in small groups. Today it's 54 percent of our people sure. are involved in small groups. It was just that sort of progress. In you know, we had a dream last year that's now. You know, last year our live stream was really bad, and you showed how bad it was and mm -hmm. the improvements that were made. This year you came back and said, for every person inside the building, we have three outside the building now a part of our church through live stream just the yeah what was an idea that may or may not have worked you right. know you come back with with the report of how how wonderful that's why works. i use the uh, anakin skywalker it's working jeff because it was <laughs> like two years ago we didn't know this was going to be working but i can report today that it, it is working which yeah. is good so anything that you wanted to take away from it pastor jd before we before we get going on the business meeting, just anything that you thought was cool or out of the ordinary? Uh, cool or out of the ordinary? Not necessarily. Um, I, I did love hearing everybody, everybody's visions and stuff like that. Uh, my favorite thing was that without knowing about it, we're going into a third service. 
So so whenever uh, yeah. Dina, yeah. mom, what do I say in this? Sister Which babe. One? Sister babe. <laughs> no, I can't say that. Her, her universal so we're going to call my mom babe. sister babe. We just call her Dina. Yeah, so <laughs> Dina. So whenever she announced that there was going to be a third service, I was like, oh, we're announcing that now. I didn't think we were announcing that anytime soon. Sounds good. You know, so that nobody, was like. Uh, nobody knew. She pulled a, she pulled a pastor and just kind yeah, of Yeah, she did. It yeah, it was it was kind of impressive. I was like, okay, yeah, here but we one go. Of the, one, of the most, one of the biggest applauses of the night was people were just excited that we were that we yeah. were going to a third service most people are when the announcements made it's when the commitments are made that the, the excitement right. yeah you know, and then when you make those commitments so I, we're excited about a third service okay so we need a third set of ushers we need a third set of children's ministry sure. workers we need a yeah. third set of nursery workers. we need a third set you know what i mean that that's where it comes but i but what there's that stage is the excitement as you announce it there's the excitement as you sign up for it there's the reality once you start doing it but then mm-hmm. the, the excitement comes back again because you see the fruit of it so yeah well, no i'm believing yeah, lots of details of still to announce when what you know what day of the week what time of the week yeah i got yeah. a lot of those questions last yeah. night after the meeting was yeah. when is our third service going to be yeah it's like your yeah. guess is as good as mine i have no idea <laughs> i didn't know we were talking about we have that top tonight. people looking at it the line from raise the lost ark yeah, yeah. <laughs> top people looking into it right. yeah so right yeah, that's funny. Well, I, I just maybe school of thought and any feedback we get from the congregation, what we're looking yeah. at is maybe a Thursday evening. That yep. would be my favorite, that, yeah. That would be a midweek, but it, it'd be the Sunday service, but it'd be the Thursday after the Sunday or the Thursday before the Sunday right. message. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm kind of for the Thursday before. Me too. I read it on Thursday. It's fresh in my heart. We come out. Sure. And yeah. that gives you, know? you kind of like, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but like a guinea pig group to kind of run that off. Yeah, of. And then you have three days to, yeah. to, to to change it up on like yeah. okay i really liked how this worked this yeah. didn't work as well as i thought it was going to and then the other thing which is a little bit less demanding on our team is is that we put it on sunday morning so instead of a 9 30 we'd have a eight th- i'm just spitballing but 8 30 would be a first one instead of nine we'd have like a 10 right you know an hour long service we get out and then we'd have a, a 11 30 so we right. we'd start a half hour earlier we'd end at the exact same time you know yeah. what i mean so it's it's the children's workers, the, the worship team, for example, you know, they practice on Thursday night. So right. if we have a service on Thursday night, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. You yeah. know what I mean? So it, it adds so much to do it the midweek. And yet, if you can't come to church on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, you can't come to church on Sunday morning at 8.30 either. Right. You know what I mean? So it opens yeah. up more potential. It gives you something in the middle of the week. It gives you time to think about it and digest it. If we ever go to multi-campus um, dynamics, we're using mm-hmm. video, which we, we've looked into, it'd be nice to have that Thursday service to then broadcast to the campuses. Sure. It's already edited. It's already done. It's already. And if we didn't get it, we know we can do it at you right. know, the 9 o'clock service. And well, and I'm thinking of the families in the summer that every weekend they go up north. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Thursday night they're still in town so they can go to church yeah. Thursday night and then they go up to their cabin on Friday after school yeah. and they've already been to church Thursday so yeah, yeah. I think it's a it's, great idea I, it's just another it's it's a very different option than the Sunday morning but it does require a lot more effort so right. I, if people are listening to the podcast have an opinion let, let us yeah. know the opinion yeah we'd love to hear don't be disappointed I mean opinions are like <laughs> so everybody's got a couple of them most sure. stink and, and, but in the end I think we find 90% of the people saying oh man please do Thursday I'll volunteer I'll be a part of like if there's an excitement behind one and, and kind of a drudgery behind the other one we need to know that too yeah yeah help us make a good decision right cool all right well uh the business meeting was awesome if you want more information about it we can share you share the information with you it was really cool and we're already looking forward to next year's i think it'll be awesome so except for pastor he's not he's enjoying the fact that the business meeting is 364 days away it's not christmas (laughs) (laughs) right it's like a root canal, but when it's over, you're like, oh, I'm so relieved now. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it's funny. It's it's a phobic thing. Yeah, it's not it's right. not rea- has no basis in reality. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just not my forte. Right. It's not what I mm-hmm. like. Okay, well that's a great transition to talking about Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you can redo your mind. Let's talk about neuroplasticity. Let's talk about neuroplasticity. Yeah, and uh, the, we just started a new series yesterday called Pathways. Yeah, and um, I want to give you as much time as possible to just kind of f- further dive into your your sermon <laughs> from yesterday. Because okay. like I said, yesterday. I felt like we got we got a lot of really good feedback from people, but then I think there were some people that were like, uh, "What?" Like I right. just kind of confused. Too complex, but, maybe. Too yeah, and I think too, one of the guys science. that works in our office was one of those guys. Yeah. And then as soon as he finally it finally clicked, then yeah. he was like, "Oh, this all makes sense now." So I yeah. think maybe just giving people a couple more minutes to hear from you, maybe that'll uh, help unlock some things. The, the breakthroughs that we're getting in science. Um, are, are that what the Bible has been saying about the, there's a difference between the physical body, including the organ known as the brain, and the, and the soul that contains the mind. Those are separate. The Bible said that for, for years. It, some of the verses we think of is, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Well, the heart, mm-hmm. the soul, the, it, it's, it's this nebulous, non-physical part of us. It. It's not talking about the physical blood-pumping organ, the heart, obviously. So. Right. You know, having the mind of Christ, well, Christ being you know spiritual in nature. We're not we're not talking about biology. We're talking about something other than that. Well, for years uh, until 1979, really, the the prevailing scientific thought was that the brain, so the the not the program in the computer, but the physical computer itself, the brain, the physiology of the brain, kind of predetermined everything you're going to be, the choices you'd make, where you'd live. A lot of studies were done on like twins separated at birth, and you're trying to establish that. Yeah. But we realized through advances in treating people with strokes, um, traumatic brain injuries because of you know war injuries and so forth, we're seeing a lot where people's their incapacity, their brain physiology is is destroyed functionally in some way, right. and then the brain figures out a way to use other parts of the brain and, and to to function again. So you have a stroke. Uh, you lose your ability to speak a certain way, but six months later you can. You know, that, that's impossible in the old way of thinking because the brain has been damaged. So the, the, the parts of your brain that deal with pathology, that deal with speech you know, formation and function, they've been destroyed. You'll never speak well again. Well, those who believe that in their mind went on to not speak well again. Those who believe, no, I'm going to press through this. And we see this in athletics. We see this in business. We see this in new age. Yeah. Just because the motivation is not Christian doesn't mean they haven't tapped into something that's true, right. something that's real. Yeah. So uh, um, watching the bobsledders, the guy that drives the bobsled, you'll see him and he's got his eyes closed and he's bobbing back and forth. He's going through each turn in his head. His hands are moving. He's steering the sled. He, he's visualizing the entire run before it happens. Well, the reason he's doing that is because people who win bobsled races exercise that imagination. And by creating imagination, going through it in your imagination, this beautiful gift that God's given us, imagination, you can dream. Um, we literally create the same physiology as the experience. So when he goes down the bobsled run, you know, he goes down it two or three times. He's memorized the turns. Well, now he goes through it a thousand times in his head. It's as if he went down it a thousand times. He has a distinct advantage over those who only went down it twice and mm-hmm. experienced it twice. So he's built the physiology in his physical brain. So we, we're realizing now the mind then, to sum that up, the mind is really greater than the matter of the brain. Right. Mind over matter is actually physically true. So that's fascinating. So now we come back to certain you know principles in Scripture, like taking a thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. Um 
demolishing arguments and pretensions and things that raise itself up against the knowledge of God, um, binding, loosing, generational curses, all begin to take on a different perspective. They're not, they're not some nebulous spiritual thing. They're the mind believing something, creating the physiology that makes it reality. Right. So um, my, my dad had addictions issues. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, other members of my family did too. Well, you hear that, hear that, hear that, then all of a sudden there's a beer in your hand, you enjoy it, and you go, oh, I, I'm an addict. So you begin to believe things. You, we're always heading in the direction of our strongest thoughts, right? Yeah. So my strongest thought about myself is I'm an addict. Of course, I become one. My strongest thought about myself is I'm free because of Jesus, that the blood of Jesus sets me free from the blood of my father. Right. Then, then that you, you go towards that thought as well. Yeah. So, so let's, the, let's talk about that a little bit then. Okay. Um, I went too far. Would you, would you, no, too it's much. okay. Would you say that like... So combating that, someone comes to you and says they're an addict and they want to be set free from being yeah. an addict. Obviously, that's a wrong thought. You shouldn't be thinking, I'm an addict. You should be thinking, I've been set free from that. But would you say that uh, like declarations are really a powerful thing when it comes to, to yeah. the anatomy of the brain, just it, declaring the, yes. the things of God? But, but there's something called cognitive dissidence, which I know is a big word, and I just lost Chris Dobeck. But yeah. just, <laughs> basically, basically what it is, because he's the guy on the staff that said, I don't get it yeah. until he got it. Yep. In other words, if I say, I'm not an addict, I'm not an addict, I'm not an addict, and I'm putting a needle in my arm, my brain, I'm telling myself one thing, I'm living something else. What's more powerful in my physiology is what I'm doing, not what I'm confessing. So it's incomplete to confess, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, when you're running a fever. You know what I mean? When when you're miserable. So embracing that, Jesus doesn't dance it away. He's praying, he's facing the cross, he's facing the weight of the sins of mankind. His physiology is responding to that. And he's, he's in the garden talking to his father, saying, if there's any other way, I want out of this. He's being honest. Right. So intellectually honest is not a negative confession. We have to be very right. careful in our, our Christianese because we can, we can be so Christian that we can lose Christ yeah. <laughs> you know, and how Christ set us up to function. So uh-huh. for me to, to have a negative confession, um, really the negative confession is denying reality, sincerity, truth, honesty. Right. Now, but, but once I see that thought, once I say, man, I'm really sad, that this happened, man. I'm really angry that that happened, man. I'm really depressed. Once we once we admit that, we can take that thought, that reality, captive by challenging it. Now it's in front of us. It's not in the back of our brain, being us, you know, unconscious or subconscious. It's in front of us now, and we can approach that reality with something greater than that reality called the Word of God. This is why mm-hmm. the Bible says the the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly weapons, but they're divine. So these things are given to us. They're godly. They're, they work. Right. In the, they're spiritual weapons. But the fight that they fight is not a spiritual fight. So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. They're the pulling down of strongholds. That's a physical thing in our brain. That's a so a, a divine weapon given to win a physical fight. So we're going to talk about this Sunday. How do yeah. we take a thought captive? How do we make it obedient to Christ? What's yeah. that process look like of tearing down ganglia, protein chains, what we call reality, challenging it, bringing it in front of us, looking at it, repenting of it as, as a, an inferior reality, replacing it with a superior reality and learning that new superior yeah. reality as our reflex. Okay, so let's, let's, let's do like a real life scenario right okay. here. Mm-hmm. Business <laughs> meeting stresses you out like crazy every Does year. Does it have to be me? Let's make it your no. sin. No, <laughs> <laughs> right. it's not sin. It's just, you, it stresses you out like crazy every year. I have year. a real example we could use. Huh. We just watched the movie okay. Free Solo. Yeah. So Free Solo is all about a guy who climbs the the mountain of El, El Capitan, um, right? Like like without any gear, without anything at all. And, and he actually says in the documentary, he says, "When I'm climbing um, El Capitan, I'm doing it with gear originally in order to make sure that I can get up the mountain and do it, you know, 
uh, you know, safely. But as soon as I did like it free solely, I'm not actually climbing a mountain. I'm just precisely doing exactly what it is that I visualized right. doing hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of times. Right. And it's 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 all geared up. It's all it's, it's just everything you've ever thought and everything you've ever visualized. And you're not actually climbing a mountain at that point. Right. Yeah. I think something else about that movie too. If you haven't seen it, it's actually really good. It's, it's really called. Good. It's coming out. National Geographic's gonna be showing it Monday night. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah, it's on it's on yeah. TV. But yeah, if you missed it tonight, you can rent it on iTunes for like three bucks. Um, yeah. But um, something else that's in that movie is he gets a brain scan and they scan his brain for the um, where the fear center is. Yeah. I forgot what part of the brain that is, but where the fear center is, he he shows very little activity. I think there it's compared, amygdala compared is what it's to called. a normal yeah. person. The and movie. the idea is that he he doesn't have a non-functioning amygdala, but he's just desensitized himself to fear to the point where right. climbing a mountain like that, everybody in the theater watching it was sweating right. Right. from the people, safety of people their are going to pass out. Yeah. They know the end and that he's going <laughs> to climb this mountain, but yeah. still just like, like they've had to shut theaters down because people have had like heart attacks in them. Like it's a very stressful movie. <laughs> it but it's is. very good, but he does it. And it's just like a, a normal day. Like he finishes and he's excited but then he's just like, I'm going to go do my normal afternoon routine. Like, it's just, yeah, there's a, there's something, I think there's something that can be applied to that in the Christian well, life. Well, if we take that same climbing El Capitan to me, climbing the, the business meeting. Yeah. I, I think what begins that is I have a, I have a memory that says business meetings have hurt me. Right. Right. So if you love dogs your whole life, then you get bit by one. Yeah. It isn't that dogs have changed. You've changed. There's right. always been dogs that bite. There's always been dogs that you pet. Yeah, that's good. But but you, it changed you because you have an adrenaline. Um, adrenaline creates memory. The, the things that we remember are either really wonderful or really awful. Right. The really awful ones are placed in by adrenaline. They they etch them as they. We we learn don't do that again because you'll get hurt. Yeah. So, um, when when I've when I've been hurt and I've seen others hurt in business meetings. When you say business meeting, I hear a dog. I hear right. a biting dog. So ahead of time, what I, what would be good for me next year is to say. For 25 years, we've had one small incident that was yeah. decades ago Right <clears throat> during a time of transition when I was a different man, the church was a different church, and the people that that, that caused the issue have been long since Yeah, gone. some of them aren't even alive anymore. No, no. So this, so I, in other words, instead of looking at, in other words, instead of not looking at reality, just having the rear of your, my brain, the deeper parts of my brain give me a reflex that isn't true anymore. Right. I approach it before the meeting and say, this is going to be a great meeting. And yeah. as, as all the other 24 meetings have been, um, we have great things to report. We have nothing to hide. Yeah. The things I don't know, Jeff Waltz knows. Right. Dina Wiegand knows. Somebody knows. Yeah. I don't have to know. People don't even expect me to know this. It's right. not what they I do. They already know. They know They're that. coming to it knowing that you don't know a lot of yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. That I'm, I'm emceeing an event that I have very, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the MC at the Oscars. I'm not an actor. <laughs> right. I'm the guy handing out the trophies. You know right. what I mean? I, I'm just keeping yeah. the event moving forward. So I think by approaching it that way, I could walk in there differently. And they say, well, I don't, well, I didn't even notice you were stressed. My staff noticed I was stressed because as soon as something didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen, the ballots being out, mm-hmm. being collected in a timely manner, the sound, uh, the microphone was clipping on and off. It wasn't right. loud enough when Pastor Carl was speaking. I, you know, I, I, my reaction was over the top. Like, we've got to get this right. People yeah. need this. To, I need this to be right. Instead of saying, hey, turn up Carl's microphone, Bob. Instead, right. it was like, hey, get, tell Bob to turn it up 20%. <laughs> I, you know, I took control because I, I look at it as something it really isn't. So my, right. my previous reality framed my current reality poorly. Yeah. Thereby, I did not enjoy the meeting as the other right. 250 people did. Yeah. I was probably the only one who didn't enjoy the, yeah. the meeting. Like, yeah, the right. There's desserts. There's so, there's testimonies, and I'm mad, and right. I'm scared. Yeah. You know? So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, why is it 
why do you think it is in the brain like you get done preaching a sermon and not just you but anybody yeah. and 99 people say hey awesome job that was great and then that yeah. one person says that sucked yeah like, you need to do a lot better i had that guy last night by the way thanks okay. for bringing that up yeah. so i totally disagree with so your eye why is it why is it that <laughs> you go home that day and you don't remember the 99 people that said hey good job you yeah. only remember the one guy that said that was awful and you need to do better right because i i why well, there's various reasons and and I, this isn't brain physiology as much as just psychology and the study of identity if yeah. i get up there on sunday and say okay if they like me i'm likable if they love me i'm lovable if they believe me i'm believable yeah uh, man, that's a that's a terrible way to walk to a pulpit. That's yeah. a terrible way to approach a business presentation. That's a terrible way to turn in a biology test sure. in seventh grade. Like you, if we if we're not secure in who we are outside of what we do, we'll always be harmed by the people that don't like what we do, and there will always be someone who doesn't like what we do. Yeah, yeah. So I I think coming back to identity, you know, the orphans to heirs series. Once you're secure, once you're you, and we put that in quotation marks, the uniquely Ephesians two ten you. It's really hard to shake you up. If Paul said, "Hey, I, I met Jesus," they go, "No, you didn't." Oh, okay, I didn't. I don't want to upset you. Well, I'll find another nice way to say it. Like right. he, he had never been Paul, but that encounter with Jesus fundamentally changed who he was—body, soul, and spirit—and mm-hmm. he he lived from that reality. I think one of the issues we have right now is people not living from their reality. They're living from a pseudo, in process, you know, kind of halfway. So if I'm dressed this way and I have makeup on, now I'm me. But if they see me without my makeup, I'm not me. I, right. I knew a woman, this is years ago in Texas, um, but she'd been married for 40 years. Her husband had never seen her without her wig on and her makeup on. So he got up <laughs> at 4 o'clock in the morning to go work in a factory. She got up at 3 o'clock in the morning to get ready and fix him breakfast. 40 years, had never, never once seen her. Wow. wow. She would go to the bathroom after he would go to sleep. She would take off, you know, all the stuff that was fake, put it all in a box somewhere, go to bed. And then before he got up, she would go back to the box, put it all back on again. That was just so, man, I mean, that guy didn't even know who he's married to. And as she got older, I'd imagine he wanted to go sleep in the box because the best parts of her were in there. You know? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But uh, wow. so I, it comes back to identity. <laughs> it comes back yeah. to identity. And, and being comfortable in your own skin is a, is a wonderful place. Mm-hmm. And right. I, most of us will never get there. On yeah. some level, we'll still be a little insecure. JD, do you yeah. see that with with youth students a lot that they're just trying to please people too much? Yeah, you know, I have this conversation with youth students a lot too about their identity because they'll be like, you know, this one person said something mean to me, and I'm like, okay, well, let's go ahead and take this for example. If I if I tell you that you're beautiful or handsome or whatever it is, 99 times, and one time I tell you that you're ugly, which one do you honestly believe that I think you are? And all of them will say, well, I honestly think you think I'm ugly, and I was like, well, why is that? It's yeah. it's because you, you you take oftentimes I believe what's less said about you to heart more times than you do what's more said about you. For instance, I used to have a boss who consistently would 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 always try and say, hey, this needs to get better, this needs to get better, this needs to get better, you need to do better at this, why aren't you doing better at this, you know, all those different kind of things. And I'd be like, okay, I need to get better. But then once in a very great while, he would say like, hey, great job, that looked awesome. And that would mean the world to me because I knew that he meant it, you know? Right. And so oftentimes I believe what is less said about us is more or less what we take on as our identity than what actually is more said about us. So for instance, I think that if I had 99 youth students who came up to me and said, hey, I didn't really understand your sermon, I'd be like, oh, okay, well that was kind of a bad sermon. But then one said, that changed my world. It makes me feel like it was, it was like a world-changing sermon, you know? Yeah. 
Same thing with, uh, I, I think there's other people in your life who have the ability to kind of influence you more on a deeper level too. Yeah, For instance, absolutely. I was talking to Riss last night and I'm like, if you tell me I'm a hero, I'm a hero. It doesn't matter what anybody else in my world says, but if you tell me I'm a villain and everyone else in the world tells me I'm a hero, I feel like I'm a villain because I'm a villain to you. Right. You know? So I think that those are just things too, whenever it comes to uh, identity is that, um, we oftentimes believe more things about, or we oftentimes believe the things that are less said about us because those are just the things that we take to heart. And also we take things to heart more deeply depending on the level of relationship we have with people and students see that in themselves too consistently. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we only have a couple more minutes, but let's talk about next week. Yeah. What so I, obviously we're, we're continuing the, the series. Yeah. Second Corinthians 10, three through five, um, <clears throat> talking about those divine weapons and tearing down, taking thoughts captive making them obedient to Christ. We're going to talk about what that process looks like. We're going to talk about the physiology changes in our brains, how literally we, in, in three 21-day cycles, can tear down, completely erase uh, a negative, long-held thought like all dogs bite or some dogs bite, be careful of all dogs, business mm-hmm. meetings are bad, right. you know, I, I hate the way I look, whatever that thought is. We're going to identify one thought at a time, and we're going to you know, to go through the exercise of what that might look like in the physiology of our brain. And we gave the example um, yesterday, Sunday, about the when you first rode a bike, how awkward it was, how, how you didn't do it well. But within 21 days, you became somewhat proficient. You, you take a week off, come back to it, and you ride seven minutes a day. For, for another three weeks, it's far more automatic. And then by the time you do it a third time, th- that bike becomes an extension of your body for the rest of your life. Right. In the same way that taking it from the front of your brain, <clears throat> very conscious, Everything's engaged, trying to figure this out. Adrenaline's going to, to not that, to just, I'm just riding a bike and I'm, I can do anything. I can talk on the phone. I can eat my lunch. I can, yeah. I'm just, it's just an extension of my body. Like driving right. a car used to be that, that same way. Very sure. butt cheeks clenched on the seat. You know, every yeah. coming I mean, that was me with on. just a, a stick shift like yeah. six months ago. I, yeah. I, I didn't know how to drive a stick shift and now I don't think twice about it. I just yeah. get in the car and drive. Yeah, it's going to be a NASCAR. So what gauge do you look at? So you're not blowing your engine. You're at supreme performance. Your tires, what are you listing? What are you, it's no gauges. It's my butt. I can feel the vibration of the car. I know when to right. shift. I know how far I can push it through experience. Right. And and the same thing's true with our brain. So how, what are, I mean, this is a good question to ask yourself before Sunday. What, what negative fruit has come from a negative thought that's a, that's a belief? Yeah, and we're and just get that one ready. Like, bring it with you Sunday. What's that? Yeah. So it's your temper, it's lust, it's greed, it's anger, it's it's pride. It's what's that one thing that's really producing what Jesus doesn't want in your life? Bring that, yeah. bring that with you. We're gonna ask the question behind the question, not what are you mad about, but why are you mad? Do you understand why you're mad? What you're doing when you're mad? Once that's exposed, and we expose that that analyzed thought to a superior thought. In other words, if I'm angry because I I feel powerless against my circumstances. Is that true? Let's bring it out and take a look at it. If I am powerless against my circumstances, is there anyone or anything that I can ask for help from that's more powerful than my circumstances? In our case, we're going to look at scriptures that tell us that God's more powerful than the mountain we need moved. Once we embrace that and believe that, we cannot believe two things simultaneously that contradict each other. Right. Once we believe the one, even though it might feel like the bike a little rickety at first, a lot, I'm faking it, I'm falling down, I'm not getting this, but if you'll do it seven minutes a day, according to Carolyn, Dr. Carolyn Lee's studies, Seven minutes a day, you meditate on that truth. That as it as it contrasts the lie, you believe it within that first 21 days. The the, the proteins that have built a, a basal ganglia to catch every thought and process it that way. They literally it's like taking a tree; the branches fall off of it. It can no longer catch what it once caught. And next to it, 
is a small bump that's the beginning of a new belief. Do it again for three weeks, do it again for three weeks. The, the body has consumed the heat energy, the protein that was once a basal ganglia that caught those thoughts and a new tree, and literally looks like a tree with branches yeah. to catch the, the stimuli as it blows through, if you will, the, the neuron pathways of your brain. It'll catch, it, it'll see proof of what you believe. Right. Whether you believe the right thing or the wrong thing, it will, it will see proof of it and activate different parts of your brain. So the physiology of taking every thought captive and making you obedient to Christ. So great week for addicts, great week for people that are arrogant and afraid and don't like business meetings and <laughs> afraid of dogs and have had yeah. trauma, PTSD. For, for people, literally just for people. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's something oh, like for yeah, Humanity. If you're a mammal, you should right. be there Sunday. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, awesome. I'm explaining in very brief, very, I, we're going to go ahead and get into a lot of it. And I got to find some analogy that makes it so easy for everybody to understand because I don't want to lose people when I'm using terms that are beyond, they just don't get it. It doesn't have a meaning to them. So I'm, you know, playing right. my super califragilistic expialidocious card. And they don't know what it means, you know? Awesome. Cool. Uh, and then Pastor JD, just, you guys have a big week this week. We do. Sunday night is March Madness. Week one. Uh, give me a 30 second plug before we end the podcast. Week one, March Madness is going to be all about Nerf War. You see, March Madness is all about relationship and developing those relationships. We have all of our teams set up. We have all of our areas set up. Um, we have all the uh, Nerf guns that are going to be coming out. So all you have to do is show up and be ready to try and capture another team's flag. Awesome. Show up and blow up. Cool. Show up and blow up. It's going to be an entirely fun time. Awesome. Well, you heard it here. It's uh, going to be an awesome week at Freedom Center Church. We would love to have you Sunday morning as we continue the Pathway series. Like Pastor was just saying, it's a great week for a lot of people to come. But really, if you just if you if you're breathing, then it's a good a good week for you to be at Freedom Center Church. And on Sunday night, uh, Pastor JD, it's the first week of March Madness. It's their big outreach month. And if you are a student between the ages of 6th and 12th grade, they would love to see you there. So have a great week, and we will talk to you next week on the Morning After Podcast.